Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hello and welcome to Shrink Think Podcast Episode 5. Last time we talked about being a therapist, what it was like kind of behind the scenes. And today we're going to get into that thing called being a human being. So it should be pretty interesting and what it's like to just be off the clock after hours. So uh, one of the things that, and, and clients will ask this too, every now, way every now and then, um, which is, do you work, do you help your family? Are you, you know, do you, what do you do when your family member has a problem? And I'll just tell you my short answer and I'll kick it over to you. And my short answer on that is if there's an emergency, I will help. I'll, I'll, I probably, I'll even automatically go into therapist mode, but if not, I kind of try to be in the background pretty intentionally about stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I, I think there have been times where I might have tried to jump in and because turning on the therapist brain or therapist mind, the, that modality comes so naturally, it, I've got sort of a rhythm with that. I think my wife knows that I'm not that way with her. And so as soon as I turn into that, she's <laughs> like, I'm not your client. I'm your wife. <laughs> yeah, no, I, so I immediately get a chastisement. That's so weird that you've heard that. I personally have never heard that because um, I hear everything <laughs> perfectly. So in the next episode, we'll have Nathan's <laughs> wife on. <laughs> Let's not go that far. So moving on this way to the cafeteria. Um, no, yeah, Actually, that might be a good idea. Maybe one of these days as we get more comfortable, we'll have to have our wives on just to talk about what it's like to be married to a therapist. Uh, that oh that could be very interesting, but... Um, no, I just to answer the question a little bit more, I'm, I think I tend to be more like you. And this is kind of flowing into a, a somewhat of a different question. You know, how does being a therapist help you or hurt you as a, as a human being? I think I tend to kind of flow more into the background a little bit. Not that I'm inactive or that I'm passive, but I'm just not like when I'm a therapist, I'm, I'm directive, I would say. I don't just sit back and let things happen. Of course, there are times where I'm letting clients talk and I'm observing or listening and letting that you know go in a certain direction, but I'm doing that very intentionally. I've got sort of an agenda or um, if you can say control over the episode or the over the session in some in some way. And so people are looking to me like the expert. But when I'm at home, that's not at all. Like I'm trying to blend in and and be another guy, you know, another person at, at home. So that I'm not standing out like I'm not in charge here, you know. I'm I'm not I'm not the person in authority like I am at the at the office. Right. I think that the I think intentional influence is probably what I would say. There's as soon as you get into and that I you will use the word expert, and that's true in what we do in our jobs, we are not like an expert in any other role. So being at home, as soon as as soon as you as soon as I sound like I'm being an expert. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is. It's the next thing is like, hey, don't therapize me. You're not kind of, I'm not counseling or whatever, that kind of thing. I have had some situations where I've used the skills like communication stuff. And um, I can see the look on my wife's face of, I know you're doing this right now. It's not worth saying more. And it seems to be okay. 
I think and, it might be helping. Maybe I'll let this one slide. <laughs> yeah, just let this slide. And and it's like you're waiting for one mistake, you know, like before you're in the doghouse per se. But um, you know, everybody everybody deals with codependency. And so one of the things that and this is reflective a little bit of the last episode. I didn't bring this up, but like this idea of hypocrisy that you deal with, because I'll be saying something to somebody and full well know, like, man, you know, that's hard because I would probably get sucked in the exact same thing. The only difference with me between me and that person really is that I know it's happening at the time and I'm doing it anyway, you know? Yeah. I mean, not to get off on uh, the therapist track here, but in some ways that's kind of, you know, the difference b- between I think a therapist and, and a client in a, in a sense is just having the awareness that it's going on or being a step ahead. I like to think that we're people that practice what we preach because I, and I think you're probably like me, you can tell me if that's true or not. I hear myself saying things to, on both sides, things to clients where I, I think to myself, man, let's that's good advice. I need to take that for myself. I, right. you know, I've struggled with that myself or, oh yeah, I've, I've been there before. And maybe this was even last week that I was going through something like that, but I have some awareness about what's going on. And same thing at home, you know, where I might be going through something with my wife or my kids and I'm thinking of, oh yeah, this same kind of thing just happened last week with one of my clients. And here's what I told them. I should probably take my advice. Right. Uh, so in that sense, you know, like we don't ever turn it off. Our brains are kind of always going, always sort of making the connections. But just to kind of go back for a second to something that you said about about not therapizing our families or whatever. I remember coming home and and having this sort of attitude of of expert or authority, maybe early on or at some point. I didn't really realize that I was bringing it home like that. And my wife said something, and I remember intentionally coming home and kind of reminding myself okay, I'm not the expert. I like, it's not a responsibility that I have to carry when I walk into the home, I can kind of relax. And so I've, I've tried to tell myself that, you know, in the last episode talked about this sort of mantras after a hard day. That's something that I, I think I do naturally now, but I just try to walk into the door and try to be like, Hey, what's going on? You know, data's home. Um, and, and just kind of be myself and not really carry any responsibility there. So what about you? Do you feel like you, you ever turn it off in your brain or or is your mind always going even when you're at home? Yeah, I I don't turn it off. Um, (laughs) it's always going, but it's not like, um, there's more, I would say as I've gotten older in this, there's just more awareness around it. Like I can know, I kind of know I'm doing it and then I'll go, okay, you don't really need, you don't really need to worry about that. You need to just kind of walk away from it. It's not that big of a deal. But yeah, just like you, I will have a situation and I'll think, okay, well, you just help somebody with that. Or the other thing is also true. Like somebody comes in and they're saying something and you can, you can hear, you just hear how, man, they sound like somebody in your family, like, and they're saying it and you're like, man, I can hear how they're doing that. And I also, then for just a second, you kind of sit back and kind of see, observe, observe a role of how you wrongly handle the situation and that all all at once you're correcting that and you're going to the person like this is what probably this is what the experience should look like or whatever um, giving them feedback and then um, basically trying to learn to not do that again you know like a, in some ways this job is a huge blessing because you you get to over the course of time just it helps you to be a better person 
um, if you if you will work to challenge yourself and and that kind of thing. Again, it's always there's the mistakes. Like I tell people, it's it's um, it's always hard to be, no matter what anybody says, when everybody deals with codependency to some extent. I mean, and I'll tell people like, look, and we can describe more about what that is, but I just try to help people to say or to not do it 90% of the time. If you can just get down to where you're doing it 10% of the time, call it good. And that's being sucked into being, uh, to rescuing people, helping them when they don't actually need your help or becoming kind of a victim where you kind of step back and you, and you might say things like, nobody ever loves me. You don't like me either. Like, you know, I'm working with people where I'll say something like that. But the truth is, is like that happens in my own house. If I'm totally vulnerable and honest, I'll, I'll do that. And then in the worst cases, quite frankly, you'll hear stuff like, uh, like, again, this is being human, you know, you'll hear stuff like I've had been in some fights with my wife where she said like, and you call yourself a therapist, stuff like that. And because she's right. I mean, like what I'm doing doesn't make any sense based on my knowledge base whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense why that should be happening. And so that is one of the, I don't know, you could call it the not good, good, give and take good and bad of this job is like this super awareness to the hypocrisy that you're, li- <laughs> that you're living. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because as you were describing that, it was helping me, I think, put some words and uh, visualization. Anybody who knows me knows that I I'm, I do my whiteboard a lot, so I'm a, a visual thinker here. But I could conceptualize kind of the balance between trying to find the balance between being an expert and being humble you know, knowing some stuff and then being open to not knowing and being making mistakes. This job is can be really confusing in a lot of ways because we can learn a lot of things about other people and about relationships and about ourselves. And yet at the same time, we're still people and we still make mistakes. And that hypocrisy that you're talking about can be really challenging, at least for me to think about, man, you know, why, why am I doing this? Why did, why did I just say that? Why did I just do that thing? I know better. I can reflect afterwards and say that was really not healthy or that was really destructive or whatever the case may be. But I guess the thing I would like to add is, you know, when you said this job changes you and it makes you a better person, I think that's true in, in a lot of ways. A couple that I think of is it helps me to know more like of what not to do and how to do things. But on the other side, it's really made me, I think, much more compassionate and much more patient person for myself and for other people because I I have more patience and understanding and forgiveness for myself. And then for the people around me, I've I've come to see that people change and myself, myself included, I change very, very, very slowly, much more slowly than I would like to think. And seeing that in other people and in myself all the time, you know, I'm always evaluating this and analyzing it and observing it and stuff, like you said, all of that results in me, I think, becoming more and more patient and understanding with people and more compassionate toward them over time. I think my wife and my kids would say that um, as as I'm aging. I really appreciate that the job is making me that way because I'm realizing that nobody's perfect. We're all trying to figure this stuff out. We're all making mistakes and trying to recover from that. So I would say, you know, this job really has helped me in that way. What about you? How has that changed you in, in that positive way? Yeah. Well, I think 
it has made me be, I'm super aware of how I'm, how it's likely that like my wife or other people, when they're giving me feedback that I I'm, I've learned to trust them more than I trust me. And it is really weird to do that. It's really weird to think, okay, they're right. I'm wrong. And just kind of play with that. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like what, what do you mean by trusting them more than you trust yourself? And what does that mean? And what does that look like? Yeah. Become, it's becoming aware of just how, as I'm, as I'm working with folks. So first of all, this is kind of where it starts, started for me is working with people and realizing that the way that I was observing them was probably more accurate than how they were observing themselves. And then I started, we, we went through this year long training with internal family systems and, um, I became more hyper aware of just how, how, uh, not vulnerable, uh, uncovered or unmasked or exposed, like, ex- yeah, exposed is what I was looking for naked in front of people. And so when people would say something, I, I started realizing like, okay, I have to agree with the fact that, that they are at least as right as me. And probably, and, and really, because I am me, I probably don't have I don't have an outside perspective of me. No matter how hard I try, you're just not going to get a full outside perspective. It's not going to happen. So it's been hard. Like I'll, somebody, my wife, for example, will say something. And, and this is newer for me, actually, probably. I want to say probably in the last year or two, where I've really kind of delved into this. Um, and realizing that my wife will say something and I'll think, okay, she's probably right. So I'm not sure what this means now because I was not, in my mind, I was not saying that, but it, the impact was, was that, and it doesn't really matter what my intention is as I, you know, many of you that know me will talk about, I've talked about intention and impact. And so I kind of sit back there and think, how am I going to deal with this impact that's just happened? And it's, that is really hard because I feel like I have to say, like you deal with those things in your mind, like, well, you don't matter. You're not good enough. You're not whatever, because when you, your intention is to is to be nice and to try to say something a certain way when the person reacts differently, you're now saying to yourself, well, that wasn't nice. Okay. But I was trying to be nice, but no, it wasn't. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do. It wasn't nice. So now you're like, well, crap, that means I'm a bad person. Well, no, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that this, you have to deal with that impact before you can even get anywhere else. And I got there because of this job. Like I've I've been in that place and I hope that my family's kind of seeing those things differently over the course of the last, uh, you know, maybe 24 months or whatever, because it's been kind of what I, where I've been at. But that kind of brings me to, as I'm, as I'm thinking about our, our episode here, the idea of, do you have to have something mastered in your own life in order to be able to help somebody else? And I, and I would just start that off by saying, I don't know what the heck mastered would be. I mean, what does that mean? Because we're going to, we're constantly progressing as people. I, you know, I have, I have uh, folks that they'll want to come in to see me and they'll, they'll, um, and well, actually it's more so like when a younger therapist will say something to me, like, I don't know if I can work with this person because I'm not married and they're, they're, they're a couple or they have this issue with alcohol or whatever it happens to be. And I don't even drink, I don't understand it. You know, well, it's different if you don't understand it but you're another human being. I mean, you don't have to have schizophrenia to work with a schizophrenic. Matter of fact, that could be bad actually. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so what is, so for you, Aaron, 
what do you think about that as far as mastering your life? Or if you want to speak to the, anything else? No, that's a great question. It's interesting. Actually, just yesterday, one of my clients, I was talking about this boundaries e-course I'm putting together and they're giving me some feedback about it. And they said, oh, and I have to apologize. You know, I, I think I overstepped my boundaries in this feedback thing. And, but you handled it like a pro, you know, it's clear that you have everything together here. And I was like, I mean, that's really nice of you to say, but it's, it's really not without trial and error and it's not without lots of learning along the way. I definitely don't see myself as, as a master of this in the sense that I do it all perfectly all the time. I would say I know a lot about things and I understand things and I'm always trying to work at it and to do it better. Like I said earlier, I try to be a therapist who practices what I preach. And in that way, it's not even really being a therapist that practices what I preach. I'm just trying to be a human being yeah. along with these people that I'm I'm working with. So I'm actually just trying to do the things that I'm suggesting to them because they've worked for me or I've seen them work for other people. I've seen them in my own relationships. So in that sense, I would say, yeah, I can see why people might say I've mastered something. But in my mind, I'm just further along the path than them. Maybe with this one thing, I'm further along. And with other things, they're further along than me. But I've got some self-awareness around that. And I have a, a really strong desire to always improve and always work on things. Not because I, I sometimes I'll struggle with with that feeling of not good enough and try to motivate myself to be better because I don't really like where I'm at. And it's coming in sort of from a place of you know shame or not good enough. But I think in a lot of ways, it's just, I want to be the best me that I can be. And it's really over the last couple of years, I really worked through a lot of that fear and I'm, I'm still there. I'm still in the, in the process of it, which is partly why I'm doing this podcast and talking about this so much is because this idea of fear and insecurity, I, I want to master and the more I do it, I'm learning that mastering it is really just getting comfortable being uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. being able to to see something that's scary or you don't want to think or know about yourself or you don't want to hear what somebody else has to say about you. But I want to go there because I want to find out what's there instead of just being afraid and not knowing because that sort of paralysis or fear just I'm just tired of it. I just I want to walk through life being able to go into something and say, okay, this might be difficult, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I think the, I think part of that, to be honest there and give, just as a reflection is that I think there's a developmental component to that. That's, that's really important because I don't think that you get there. Like it would be, you kind of have to have some experience, some trial and error around even getting to where you're talking about. Because at first it's funny. I had a, a an old friend of mine, was like, you know, uh, it's funny. You get a bachelor's degree and you think you know everything. You get a master's degree and you realize you don't know anything. You get a doctoral degree and you realize no one knows anything. And, <laughs> it's, like, and it's like totally true. And so there's this experiential spectrum where you, the more that you learn, the less that you know. And I think that we're both kind of in that place of just development that, that it's being comfortable with not knowing it's being comfortable with going. Yeah. You know, like on the one hand we know, I mean, somebody asks us a family member, or whatever, like friend or, you know, Hey, what do you think about this? Probably in my younger days, I would have automatically moved into expert mode. And now I don't really, I honestly will 
will think, oh, these are the eight things I wonder about. And I know that those are all therapy related, but I can, I can realize all at that same moment that we're not going to be doing therapy. So that doesn't, so then I just, it's much easier to click over and go, yeah, I don't know. Like there's probably a bunch of stuff that we would need to know to answer that question, but you know, how are, how are you doing or how's it affecting you? You know, like rather than just try to be sort of everything in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of piggyback on that, something that you're saying, I think is really important uh, that I hadn't realized, but I I find myself asking more questions than having more answers. I think when you talk about mastery or being a master of something, you, people think like, oh, you have all the answers. You are my master. I am your grasshopper. But that's not really the case. I think the, you know, the older and the wiser you get, sure, you know, some things, but it's really, I think, mastering the art of being and remaining curious and asking enough for the right questions. Because like you said, it's as I'm walking into something, if I'm facing something with myself or, you know, a situation with my family, I'm finding that there's just a lot that I don't know. And I I need to ask more questions. And through the asking of questions, I discover stuff that I didn't know about myself or about what the other person's thinking, what they were trying to do. You know, if my wife is doing something and my initial reaction is just to get frustrated or annoyed at it, my next thought will be, well, wait a minute, I don't even understand what she was doing or what she was trying to do. So I've I've tried to develop this practice of really just asking more questions. And maybe that comes from being a therapist. You know, that's what we do all day long is ask lots of questions to understand better. And then she'll usually tell me, you know, well, I was trying to do this for this reason because I thought this would be really helpful and I'll let that marinate for a minute and I'll realize, wow, that's just a completely different way of doing it. But that makes a lot of sense. I never would have thought of that myself, but wow, that's a whole new way of doing things. And so my mind has opened up that there are these new possibilities of other ways of thinking and doing things. And, and to me, that's like, I thought I had the right way of doing it. You know, that was just my judgment about it. But really, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of shrinking down over, life, over the, the, the course of my life in humility to realizing, yeah, everybody has their own way of doing things and everybody has some mastering or some expertise that they have to offer. And I just really want to learn and discover what those things are. That's the really exciting thing about life and people. Yeah, I think um, being a, a bit more vulnerable also, I one of the things as a younger therapist, the reason why I, th- I didn't ask as many questions is because I felt like I had to know. Absolutely. If I, if I said, um, I don't know, I'm like, I'm not a therapist that you should trust. You know, it's immediately, now we're in trouble, you know? And I, and that's not just, um, I would challenge the younger therapist on that to, to just be, be more okay with not knowing and just ask questions because it actually, because here's the thing, you're a smart person. And the fact that you have that question is important and there probably is an answer out there, but that's not going to indicate that you don't know something. It's going to indicate that you are willing to look at this entirely rather than thinking you're going to move off of whatever the heck it is that you, that you already know. And as a little bit of an aside, that is another episode or another episode, excuse me, not episode, but another piece of that codependency thing, right? Because if I don't know, then I'm not worth anything. But, you know, as I think about it, this translates across all professions because, you know, I think about the contractor that's out there and he's trying to do something or she's trying to do something to maybe frame in a wall and she doesn't know exactly how this is supposed to go, but she doesn't want to ask a question and get fired. Like, 
I don't, I'm supposed to know how to, I'm supposed to know how to frame this. I'm supposed to know what the angle is and I don't. And so that tension of going like, do I ask that or not? I imagine the same thing's true with, with, uh, with lawyers and that kind of thing. Also, um, I think it's interesting to me, but I think the way the medical profession is built, meaning like, uh, doctors, physicians, they are so ready to put their, their, their opinion out, um, because they're kind of just forced into like, what do you think, you know, and they get, they get used to, and they're kind of taught to put themselves all the way out there and be used to people disagreeing with them and then making a better argument. So I, maybe there's something to that for our profession, actually, to try to learn, uh, learn that. I think like in our last episode, we were talking about self-awareness and a lot of what um, grad schools focus on is that, I mean, then almost the entire program is trying to get you to realize that there's a you that's in the room with these people. And you have to know that you, because if you don't, you're not going to have a clue what you're doing or why you're doing it. Yeah. Let me expand on that a little bit in terms of what that means, because it starts out being something that maybe relates to therapists, but then as you grow it, it actually relates to just about every profession and every, every person when they're talking about, you know, being you in the room, I guess I would describe it this way. I have supervisees that have finished their master's program and they're getting licensed and they have this concept of the title that they're supposed to live up to. So I need to be a therapist. And so they're thinking of, okay, this is me and I need to change who I am to be this therapist. And through the course of our supervision, I'm actually trying to do the exact opposite. I'm trying to get them to see that, no, 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 wait a minute. The the you that you are most naturally that got you into this program, that people connect with, that makes you skilled at what you're doing, that's what you have to believe is your goal. And the therapist is in you, so to speak, that you're trying to bring that person out and just be your natural self. Of course, there are skills and some things that you learn along the way, you know, that you have to do to do your job. But it's just getting more comfortable sinking back into the chair and just being more naturally yourself and trusting that that that's enough, that that's what people are looking for. And I think in a lot of ways, when I talk to people in various professions, whether it's executives or attorneys or people in sales and marketing, the whole idea of authenticity is I think is just this, that's exactly what we're talking about, right. being yourself. And people are afraid to be themselves because they think, oh, well, that's not what an attorney does and, or that's not what a doctor does. And of course, there are some things that you shouldn't do. You know, you need to be appropriate or professional or whatever. But being yourself, you know, if you, like I, Nathan and I make jokes all the time. We're always joking around and with each other and, and being kind of silly and goofy. And that's kind of how people know us. I can tell that if I get too stodgy and too serious, Nate will try to loosen me up because he's like, hey, you know, that's not who you really are. You're a lighthearted dude. And that's what people connect to about us. Um, and so help. I think it's important for you to realize as a listener that there's something really unique and special and valuable about you that all of us are kind of uncovering because we're afraid to let that that person be exposed but we hope that through this podcast that we can encourage you and inspire you to be more of, of who that is and to go on this journey with us to discover who that is. And we're going to make some mistakes along the way, but we want to continue to make that our aim to see who we are really is enough. I don't know anything you want to add to that. You know, I just would double down on that. I don't 
I think the biggest thing that you realize as what you were just talking about is that that is a huge deal that people think is not that big of a deal. It is really the everything that people think is one thing. If you can take anything from that, from this, from this episode, it would be take that seriously. You are the only you that you have. You're it. You have to learn how to be comfortable with you and ask some honest questions about yourself because you are, you are the only one that really will have those answers on the inside, even when somebody else asked them. But a lot of times what happens is you don't want to answer them because your intuition says there's something wrong with you if you really are going to say that. And that's not true. It just, it's just, is, there's something that's going on that maybe you need to deal with, but if you don't get there, it's not going to ever get dealt with. And so I think overall, um, we've, we've talked a lot about today about, you know, being a human being, you know, how, and I think you're seeing maybe how it has changed us as people. Cause it really has, this job really has moving forward with the podcast. Um, we're, you're going to get these flavors from us and different things about us, no matter what, that's just going to come out. Um, but we're going to start, uh, some interviews with some other folks in the community. Um, and by the community, I mean, who like the community of therapists and then also in therapists, maybe who are also business owners like, that maybe have several other things going on. Maybe they publish some books, but our interest is in trying to get at their experience also, because we're, I mean, we know it's different than us. And we know that there's also similarities and it oftentimes us therapists don't get to talk about that human side. So we're hoping to, to kind of bring that out in them rather than, you know, how it is. And you listen to a podcast and they're like basically trying to sell you a book or something. And that's why they're interviewed because they're trying to get it out there. That's not going to be our focus entirely. Although, you know, we'll let people pitch their stuff, you know, but thanks for listening. And we really hope that you uh, have a good day. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website at shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course.